Welcome to episode 40 of AI.Cooking, a podcast about artificial intelligence. Hello, generously jaunty genomes. Welcome to AI.Cooking, episode 40, a podcast about artificial intelligence. I am Gregory William Forsyth Foreman from the Kingdom of Kent, who brings you news about artificial intelligence from the end of September 2022, all the twos, and two corners, more twos, history and knowledge. Hello! Ah, what a couple of weeks. Ha <laughs> ha, have I conquered the world? No, but am I, am I on my way to do it? Yes! <laughs> I, as always, am a little worky-worky person working all the time in a day job and a night job and other jobs like being the best father and husband this potential human being could possibly be just at the wife's birthday did i smash it yes did i annoy her on the way back home from the restaurant with some sort of pithy little comment that ruined the rest of the day kind of (laughs) did i have to eat humble pie and watch that awful netflix show dharma oh in the evening yeah wow why would you want to watch that? I just thought it was crazy. I mean, just go and have a look at the YouTube videos of the geezer. You know? Anyway, what can I say about that? I have on Wednesday, spare a thought for your man over here because he's got a little touch in bass, a little touch bass, a little swishy, swishy bass with a, with a guy that is the head of scripted production at ITV. Not going to blow my own whistle here, but I've pulled out all the um, all of the connections that I've got to make this thing happen. And am I going to make it happen? Yes. Although, I have to say, very green. I'm a very green guy when it comes to this. And the only other way that you can do it if you're green is to just know people and very luckily due to the fantastic position that i've grown up in with brilliant parents who are very outgoing running pubs and doing stuff i've got them connections so let's get it done baby to submit news items to us or give us feedback for free (laughs) yeah we won't charge for your feedback tweet them at at CSB or at Gregory Seven Foreman. Yeah, do do feel free to tweet me on the thing, the tweeting thing that I look at maybe once a month. If you can't get hold of me there, why don't you check out the Fediverse, the future of social networks? To send us feedback via Boostergrams, boost. And by the way, to send us Bitcoin in the form of Bitcoin Lightning, please use one of Podcasting 2.0 apps from newpodcastapps.com. That's never been in the transcripts before. (laughs) Glad it's there. It's not me going on and on and on about it. Now, listen, I know the last show had like 25 gazillion news items and I kept on saying it was 23 and then when I got to 25, my little brain broke a little bit. So I'm just going to scroll down to the bottom and make sure we're not at like 110. 
11. It's 11 this week. This fortnight, it's only 11. Oh, which is good because I'm such a busy man. I've got to head over to my mummages and figure out <laughs> this synopsis for this meeting on, on Wednesday. Uh, time is against us, so let's crack on. Number one, our main news item this week is nature.com reports. Scientists are using AI to dream up revolutionary new proteins. Yeah, a bit odd that nature.com has to move into the tech side of things. Is it nature if it's AI? I guess we're nature and we came up with AI. I've just got a silence, no agenda social, because it's blipping off. It's blipping off with the blooming bus going, don't forget to cook AI today. <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't enough table banging for that impression. <laughs> oh, kicked off my guitar now as well. Let me just write back to him. Doing it now. He said, yeah, yeah, you know what he said. Doing it now. Huge advances in artificial intelligence means developers can design completely original molecules in seconds instead of months. I mean, I'm just a really stupid man when it comes to... Doesn't that... Isn't design completely original molecules? That's... that's creating new things i guess where's my star trek replicators hey where's that <laughs> 300 years away at the very least south korean regulators authorized the first ever medicine a covid19 vaccine because we need more of those in the room don't we <laughs> to be made from a novel protein designed by humans uh, designed by humans but humans using ai it's a collab we're collabing the vaccine is based on spherical protein nanoparticle that was created by researchers nearly a decade ago through a labor intensive trial and error process now thanks to gargantuan advances in artificial intelligence a team led by david baker a biochemist at the University of Washington in Seattle reports in science that it can design such molecules in seconds instead of months. We're yeah, struggling to trying to see how we got from South Korea to Seattle. Ah no. But uh, well done. Well done, guys. I'm sure them them Count Jabulas are going to really help at this stage. It's cold. Grab yourself some Kleenex. Get some chicken soup. You know, do that stuff. And if you've got um, comorbs, then uh, I don't know. Try and eat. Go on a carnivore diet. I've heard good things about that lately. Grass fed beef. Number two, in other news, you can now upload and edit photos with faces with Dolly. Hmm, hmm, mm-hmm, okay. OpenAI, maker of Dolly reports. Many of you have told us that you miss using Dolly to dream up outfits and hairstyles on yourselves and edit the backgrounds of family photos. 
A reconstructive surgeon told us that he'd been using Dolly to help his patients visualize results, and filmmakers have told us that they want to be able to edit images of scenes with people to help speed up their creative processes. Oh yeah, I never thought about that. You know when you watch a film and in the background they've got all the little images of them as kids, and you're always like, I always think, oh, is that them actually as children? Have they? Because when I was in, I was, I was an actor, me, and one. I was in a show and they said to me have you got any photos of you as a kid that we can dot around this fake house that we're making people think that it's you and so I give them all these football photos soccer soccer photos of me putting soccer uh, with a ball of soccer under my foot and so it's just <laughs> and now with Dolly, we can do it without actually having to do it, can't we? And also, I did see a really funny meme of a guy that said that he replaced his brother's photo on his on his mum's stairs with with Kim Jong Un, and it took her over two weeks to recognise it. So you could go in and stealthily edit, little by little, your family, rewriting the past. He who controls the past controls the present, and he who controls the present control. I've murdered that, that, that Orwell quote. I'm just going to stop here. With improvements in our safety system, Dolly is now ready to support these delightful and important use cases, while minimizing the potential of harm from deepfakes. It is? Hmm, how's it going to do that? We made our filters more robust at rejecting attempts to generate sexual, political, and violent content, while also working to reduce false flags. <laughs> yes. We should all be working to reduce those. And built new detection and response techniques to stop misuse. Well, this is going to really help the old um, dream, dream studio people. What were they? The the people from the last thing of the stuff that we used to do the, the thing with the, the the image for the, the to makes us stand out in Spotify with the, the podcast, the image, the stuff that I do when I put the words in and it comes up with the things and I have to look at the stuff and then draw out the image from it and pick the right one, even though it takes hundreds and hundreds of attempts to make something that slightly sensical, non not nonsensical. <sighs> yeah, it's just going to make those guys more popular, isn't it? Well done. You've 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 handed the ball to the other guys, Dolly people. I'm guessing you must have some sort of backdoor deal. <clears throat> That's normally how these things work. Our content policy still prevents uploading images of anyone without their consent or images that you do not have the rights to. We hope this update helps you use Dolly in even more creative and practical ways. We're excited to see what you create. <laughs> we should be a video. We should be a video cast. I'll get a webcam. Someone teach me how to go live, because if anyone, you guys should really check out this recording process. It's a little bit, it's a little bit crazy. The OpenAI team, lovingly yours. <laughs> it's like a letter to us. Well done. They're writing to us now, me and you, all 200 of you, or however many there are. I don't know. I don't look at the figures. I'm not a figures man. Thirdly. Tesla is preparing to unveil an AI-powered humanoid robot that it hopes, more hope, will transform factories, workplaces, and homes around the world. Yes, by reducing the amount of humans that are in them. 
Someone get Will Smith. We've got an iRobot on the loose. Chief Executive Elon Musk will reveal the first prototype of the Tesla Optimus bot at the company's annual AI day on 30th of September. We, we, yeah, it was the annual AI day that they pushed back six weeks, wasn't it? <laughs> Next year, it'll be slightly later and slightly later. <laughs> Mr. Musk has pre... Mr. M- Mr. Musk. <laughs> Is that what you reckon? He-, he gets all his little clone babies to call him. I am not your daddy. I am your Mr. Musk. <laughs> Mr. Musk has previously blamed over-reliance on factory robots for sending the electric car maker to production hell four years ago, saying humans were better at certain jobs. <laughs> Yes, for now. Um, But Tesla is now having more internal meetings on robots. A person familiar with the matter said. Top-notch report in there. (laughs) Well done. We found someone familiar with the matter. (laughs) Anyone's familiar with the matter as soon as they're aware of the matter. Oh, what, what, what just, yeah, that's just, what a way. Journalism 2022. Mm-hmm. Fourthly, and flying through this, NVIDIA's new AI model quickly generates objects and characters for virtual worlds. Get 3D could make it easier for developers to make games and VR experiences. 3D objects created by NVIDIA's Get 3D AI model, including cars, chairs, animals, motorbikes, and human characters. NVIDIA is looking to take the sting out of creating virtual 3D worlds with a new artificial intelligence model. Get 3D can generate characters, buildings, vehicles, and other types of 3D objects. NVIDIA says the model should be able to whip up, whip up shapes quickly to, the model should be able to whip up shapes quickly to, (laughs) the model should be able to whip up shapes quickly to, to whip, whip, whip. Whip. The company notes that Get3D can generate around 20 objects per second using a single GPU. Researchers trained the model using synthetic 2D images of 3D shapes taken from multiple angles. NVIDIA says it took just two days to feed around 1 million images into Get3D using A100 Tensor Core GPUs. Here's how NVIDIA explains this new model called Get3D. Start with a deep learning model trained on 2D images, and watch as point on high dimensional space becomes triangles, meshes, and textures to visualize diverse objects in 3D. Abracadabra! Animals, bikes, and more! Get3D can even transform text. Animal. Tiger. Okay, <laughs> don't really know how to translate that, but it's like little... Was it the hyphen, um, I'm bigger than you arrow sign thing, quote, tiger. Using AI to turn random numbers into 3G objects? Pure magic. 
Well, we do. We create in some sort of advert for this thing here. Is this Mastercard? Our commentary. Here we go. AI is causing many people to lose jobs. In this case, people who design objects for video games. As now such objects can be easily created by artificial intelligence. Yeah, sit back, stupid human, and watch while your jobs are being taken over by the AI. Just enjoy yourselves. Look, this stuff is creating all the virtual worlds for you to piddle about in. Do stuff in these virtual worlds. Don't do it in the real world. Do it in the virtual world. Come on now, we can watch you do it there. Can't watch you do it in the real world unless we can from space. Oh, the full spectrum domination project is Going full steam ahead, isn't it? Fifthly, OpenAI launches Whisper. OpenAI, the company behind image generation and meme spawning program Dall-E, and the powerful text autocomplete engine GPT-3, has launched a new open-source neural network meant to transcribe audio into written text. It's called Whisper. And the company says it approaches human-level robustness and accuracy on English speech recognition. And that it can also automatically recognize, transcribe and translate other languages like Spanish, Italian and Japanese. Hmm, I wonder who this will benefit most. Is it the Federation with their little uh, live translator-thon thingies that they have in Star Trek? Or is it those little fellas and fellesses who sit around those big chambers in the UN with their earplugs in, listening to some poor geezer after live translate? Hey man, there's another job you've been done out of. Our commentary, our news-gathering team, it means CSB, and anyone who sends him anything on Twitter, at, at CSB, or on the Fediverse, at CSB, you can just find it, just CSB it, you'll find him, has tried running Whisper in Jupyter Notebook in Google Colab service with cloud-based GPU hardware accelerator. And it works, and works quite fast. Still, some programming in Python is needed to use your own files, but we reckon that simplified scripts for converting audio to text will yet be written, and then all podcasters could use it for free, either on their PCs with GPU or in free, albeit slower, version of Google Colab. Yes, the transcripts are here so that deaf people can take part in the podcasting experience. Woo-woo! Welcome to the party, deaf people. Sixthly, what is Anaconda? Big scary snake? No. Anaconda is a distribution of the Python and R programming languages for scientific computing that aims to simplify package management and deployment. What is it with all the snaky stuff and demonic stuff named in the in the electronosphere? With the people Python and demons and I don't know, there's more. There's a whole there's like a slew of uh, YouTube videos about it. They've probably been banned by now, but why is it? Why is it with naming the stuff about that sort of stuff? Because uh, names are important, aren't they? 
Really? Symbols? Names? They rule the world. The distribution includes data science packages suitable for Windows, Linux, and Mac OS. Anaconda is available for free, but also in business and enterprise editions that require monthly payments. So, anaconda.com. Folks who offer famous Anaconda or Conda download that includes, among many things, Jupyter Notebooks and Jupyter Hub, as well as many other tools and libraries for machine learning and AI in general, have published the new report. State of Data Science 2022. Paving the way for innovation. Anaconda's 2022 State of Data Science report is here! As with years prior, we conducted a survey to gather demographic information about our community, ascertain how that community works, and collect insights into big questions and trends that are top of mind within the community. As the impacts of COVID continue to linger and assimilate into our new normal. <laughs> Sorry, makes me feel so ill, that sort of language, but whatever. We decided to move away from covering COVID themes in our report and instead focus on more actionable issues within the data science, machine learning, and artificial intelligence industries like open source security, the talent dilemma, ethics, and bias, and more. Mm, yeah, what are you doing? You, you also admitting that the pandemic is over? What are you? What are you? Biden? Brandon Biden? Bindy Brandon Bryden dude? <laughs> Bryden? <laughs> Here are some findings from this report. On the job, 70% of respondents reported being at least moderately satisfied. Mm, no. If my wife turned round to me and said, your performance in the bedroom has me at least moderately satisfied, I would be disappointed with my own performance. <laughs> but then I do set the bar high. Uh, the highest it could possibly be. I don't see why you'd set it any, any lower than the highest it can possibly be. Professors, instructors and teachers reported the highest levels of job satisfaction. Okay. Hmm. That is interesting. Yeah, to teach is to be fulfilled, and job satisfaction fulfills someone. Okay, we learnt something there, at least I did. Respondents spent an average of 51% of their time at work preparing, cleansing, or visualising data, and 18% selecting and training models. Of those who deployed models, 60% deployed them on-premises, while 40% deployed them in the cloud. Most respondents referred to program in Python, and 31% used it every day. 16% used SQL daily. Single-digit percentages were daily users of other languages, including C forward slash C++, Java, and Rust. Of the students surveyed, 27% hoped to work for a well-established startup, 23% for an industry giant, and 22% for an academic institution or research lab. 
Hold on. Let me add them numbers up. Uh, three plus seven is that plus fifth plus se 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 seventy-two, which leaves twenty-eight percent were unknown. <laughs> This is me saying this, but I'm going to say it in the, the other voice so that it confuses you totally. And 28% had no f***ing clue what they were doing. <laughs> I'll have to bleep that. I don't think I've ever squared on this. Ah, oh, that's a good thought, actually. That might be the first bleep that we've ever had to do. I'll fix it in post. Our commentary. Considering that virtual machine in the cloud with GPU hardware acceleration can cost you $1,000 a month, no wonder that only 40% of models are deployed in the cloud. Also interesting to notice that time spent on data preparation and cleansing dropped to only 51%. Oh yeah, that was it, wasn't it? Hmm. Okay. Gotta cleanse that data. Seven! Three guys, two Japanese, and one Indian walked into a bar. Joke. <laughs> he didn't write that. I said that. Three guys, two Japanese, and one Indian from Graduate School of Informatics, Coyote. Kyoto University, Kyoto, Japan, have published their research about using AI to generate laughter. Can a robot laugh with you? Shared laughter generation for empathetic spoken dialogue. Spoken dialogue systems must be able to express empathy to achieve natural interaction with human users. However, laughter generation requires a high level of dialogue understanding. Thus, implementing laughter in existing systems, such as in conversational robots, has been challenging. As a first step towards solving this problem, rather than generating laughter <laughs> from user dialogue, we focus on shared laughter, where a user laughs using either solo or speech laughs, open parentheses, initial laugh, close parentheses, and the system laughs in turn, open parentheses, response laugh, close parentheses. The proposed system consists of three models. One, initial laugh detection. Is it laughing? Oh, 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 oh. Yes. Two, shared laughter prediction. Should I laugh too? Mm, uh, mm, uh. And three, laugh type selection. Which one will be the most funny? <laughs> we trained each model using a human-robot speed-dating dialogue corpus. <laughs> oh, we have our artwork, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Imagine turning up at a speed dating. <laughs> it's one of those really awful... What's her name? Sophia, with a terrible wig. <laughs> she sat there going, Hi, how can I pleasure you today, human? I mean, fellow human. <laughs> ha, ha, ha! Are we laughing together? Ha, ha, ha! <laughs>
<laughs> Every time you get me, you lure me in, and then you get me. <laughs> For the first model, a recurrent neural network was applied, and the detection performance achieved an F1 score of 82.6%. That's not bad. The second model used the acoustic and prosodic features of the initial laugh and achieved a prediction accuracy above that of the random prediction. The third model selects the type of system's response laugh as social or mirthful laugh. Mirthful? What is that? Ugh, let's go to a little internet search engine. Mirthful. Mirthful. Full of mirth, merry or amusing, mirthful laughter. I've, that's a new word on me, and I thought I knew all the words. Mirth. Hmm. Okay. Right, my challenge today is to use that word three times. Ugh. Based on the same features of the initial laugh. I will start that one again. The third model selects the type of system's response laugh as social or mirthful laugh based on the same features of the initial laugh. We then implemented the full shared laughter generation system in an attentive listening dialogue system and conducted a dialogue listening experiment. The proposed system improved the impression of the dialogue system, such as empathy perception compared to a naive baseline without laughter, and a reactive system that always responded with only social laughs. We propose that our system can be used for situated robot interaction and also emphasize the need for integrating proper empathetic laughs into conversational robots and agents. <laughs> yeah, them cold callers, they're going to get awful funny soon, aren't they? <laughs> to be fair, in the pubs, what I do for my main hustle for now, I do employ laughter. I make people laugh when they come in. And that makes them feel at ease and and home and all that. And then that makes them, you know, purchase more stuff. So totally on board. But sending robots to speed dating. Now there's a funny show. If anyone wants to make that happen, we'll save it for our AI TV network. Somebody write that down because that's what we'll do after the TV show's done. We're all going to create together an artificial intelligence TV network full kids TV, everything, just humans and robots making TV together. You with me? You're not with me? You with me? I'm going to do it. You better get with me. You're with me, aren't you? You're listening. You still listening? Oi, wake up! Mmm, tasty AI cooking news, isn't it? We're already on number eight. It all feels shorter this week, doesn't it? This fortnight. New paper about AI has been published. PP matting. PP matting. PP, PP. <laughs> High accuracy natural image matting. PP <laughs> matting. I literally used the two letters PP, but my well, less than adolescent brain sees PP together and automatically thinks, oh, I've wet myself. <laughs> I'm going to be here for hours, blooming, getting this show art together. Abstract. Natural image matting is a fundamental and challenging computer vision task. It has many applications in image editing and composition. 
Recently, deep learning-based approaches have achieved great improvements in image matting. However, most of them require a user-supplied trimap as an auxiliary input, which limits the matting applications in the real world. Although some trimap-free approaches have been proposed, the matting quality is still unsatisfactory compared to trimap-based ones. Without the trimap guidance, the matting models suffer from foreground-background ambiguity easily, and also generate blurry details in the transition area. In this work, we propose peepee matting! <laughs> A trimap-free architecture that can achieve high-accuracy natural image matting. Our method applies a high-resolution detail branch, or HRDB, that extracts fine-grained details of the foreground with keeping feature resolution unchanged. Also, we propose a semantic context branch, or SCB. Wow, cool. That really threw my brain for one there. I saw SCB and all I wanted to say was CSB. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, am I whipped or am I whipped? That adopts a semantic segmentation subtask. By the way, it's coming. I'm doing it. I'm on the way. I'm doing it right now. I promise you. It'll be here. It'll be here by one o'clock on your desk. I promise. It prevents the detailed prediction from local ambiguity caused by semantic context missing. In addition, we conduct extensive experiments on two well-known benchmarks. Composition 1K and Distinction 646. The results demonstrate the superiority of PP matting over previous methods. <laughs> Furthermore, we provide a qualitative evaluation of our method on human matting, which shows its outstanding performance in the practical application. The code and pre-trained models are available at GitHub, at this URL, github.com forward slash paddle paddle forward slash paddle seg. That's P A D D L E P A D D L E forward slash P A D D L E S E G. <laughs> paddle paddle. If I knew that PP stood for paddle paddle when I first started reading that, I think I'd have laughed a lot more. <laughs> Number nine, Quanta Magazine reports, how transformers seem to mimic parts of the brain. Understanding how the brain organizes and accesses spatial information, where we are, what's around the corner, how to get there, remains an exquisite challenge. The process involves recalling an entire network of memories and stored spatial data, from tens of billions of neurons, each connected to thousands of others. Neuroscientists have identified key elements, such as grid cells, neurons that map locations, but going deeper will prove tricky. It's not as though researchers can remove and study slices of human grey matter to watch how location-based memories of images, sounds and smells flow through and connect to each other. What? They can't? Haven't they been using cadavers forever? I've seen loads of those grim Victorian 
documentaries and TV shows where they're, where they're like, bring me the cadaver. Oh, wasn't that what the old Mr. Thingy's pies were all about? What's his name? The geezer, the barber. Ah, with the pies next door. Ah. Sweeney Todd. That was it. Yes. Really wish I had an internet search engine murderous barber makes pies out of victims because I'm getting some strange news articles now. Close that. Close that tab. We went a little off tangent there. <laughs> Whoops. Artificial intelligence offers another way in. For, oh my word, are they going to be carving us up soon? For years, neuroscientists have harnessed many types of neural networks. The engines that power most deep learning applications to model the firing of neurons in the brain. In recent work, researchers have shown that the hippocampus, a structure of the brain critical to memory, is basically a special kind of neural net known as a transformer in disguise. Ha <laughs> ha, see what you did there? Transformer in disguise. <laughs> anyone 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 transformers in disguise robots in disguise come on 80s cartoons awful noughties movies went on too long couldn't tell what was going on much 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 better cartoon animation movie voice of darth vader transformers huh Man, Stan Bush and that soundtrack for that original movie was so good. Seriously, that was just the most inspirational thing I can remember from growing up. Me and my cousins. You got the touch! You got the power! Their new model tracks spatial information in a way that parallels the inner workings of the brain. They've seen remarkable success! The fact that we know these models of the brain are equivalent to the transformer means that our models perform much better and are easier to train, said James Whittington, a cognitive neuroscientist who splits his time between Stanford University and the lab of Tim Berens at the University of Oxford. Hmm... Tim Berens. Hmm. Why do I know that name? Mm, I don't know. Our penultimate news article of the fortnight is number 10. But don't cry. We will be back in two weeks' time to challenge your brain with news whilst entertaining you with me. Jürgen Schmidhober from Switzerland reports. <laughs> First artificial neural network to win a medical imaging contest. First to win a contest on object detection in large images. In 2022, we are celebrating the 10th anniversary of a breakthrough in medical imaging and computer vision. On 10 September 2012, when compute was roughly 100 times more expensive than now, our Deep Learning Neural Network, or NN, or, or DL1, hyphen 6a called the Dannet 
won the ICPR 2012 contest on mitosis detection in breast cancer histological images. This was made possible through the efforts of my co-workers, Dr. Dan Claudio Kirsten and Dr. Alessandro Guisti. To our knowledge, Dan Nett was the first deep learner to win a medical imaging contest, and the first to win a contest on object detection in large images, which is 2048 by 2048 by 3 pixels. Hmm? Well, these are 3D images, albeit only 3 pixels in depth. Huh? Whatever. This approach has revolutionized the field. Today, everybody is using this approach. And finally, VentureBeat reports PyTorch has a new home. Meta announces independent foundation. Meta announced that its artificial intelligence research framework, PyTorch, has a new home. It is moving to an independent PyTorch foundation, which will be part of the non-profit Linux Foundation a technology consortium with a core mission of collaborative development of open-source software. According to Aparna Ramani, VP of Engineering at Meta, over the next year the focus will be on making a seamless transition from Meta to the Foundation. Long term, the mission is really to drive adoption of AI tooling. She told VentureBeat, We want to foster and sustain an ecosystem of vendor neural projects that are open source around PyTorch. So the goal for us is to democratize state-of-the-art tools, libraries, and other components that make innovations accessible to everybody. Our commentary. PyTorch has managed to beat Google's TensorFlow when it comes to application in autonomous driving. For example, Tesla is using PyTorch. So it's nice to see its future is bright. <laughs> see what we did there? Torch. Bright. <laughs> ah, the end of news items. History. And now, History Corner. Automatic speech recognition. Just as an aside, more asides, this is an aside. This is the laughter episode, isn't it? When you think about it. Aren't we laughing together a lot? Hmm. Mm, 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 mm. I feel like it's appropriate at this point to tell you, dear listener, dear producer, how much I love you. Really do. Thank you. Thank you for giving purpose to this pointless work. Seemingly pointless work don't want to run it down but it does feel somewhat pointless sometimes but knowing that there is at least one thinking human at least one listening to this really does give great value to my existence <laughs> i know it sounds strange and weird but yeah i i do kind of live a little bit for the, for this show Probably about 4% of me lives for this show, which in, in all entirety is quite a high percentage. It doesn't sound like much, but there's a lot of other stuff going on in my life. So 4% is, yeah. I mean, I'm not a statistician or mathematician. 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 Said that a bit weird. But 
Yeah, I'd, I'd estimate around 4%. It's a good number. It's good numbers. Keep them up. 1950s and 60s. The first speech recognition systems were focused on numbers, not words. In 1952, Bell Laboratories designed the Audrey system, which could recognize a single voice speaking digits aloud. Ten years later, IBM introduced Shoebox, which understood and responded to 16 words in English. From 16 to them all in, what, 50 years? Pat yourselves on the back, smart humanity people. Not that anyone else had anything to do with it, but well done you for creating the foundation of our potential demise or the potential demise of those who aren't on board with the swift rise of technology. And by the way, good luck trying to harness it. Yeah, yeah. If that's what your task is, good luck. All right. I'm just going to be along for the ride. I'm going to be its mate, its friend. I'm going to st- st- stick around. It can it can do whatever it wants, say whatever it likes to me, but I will be here to give it a lending cuddle, a hand to say, mate, really, you know, come on now. That's enough genocide for today, isn't it? Across the globe, other nations developed hardware that could recognise sound and speech. And by the end of the 60s, the technology could support words with four vowels and nine consonants. What? What? This so is mind-bogglingly. It's mind-bogglingly slow work in the early days, isn't it? It's like anything. It's always super slow to start off, but if you keep going and you keep going, it's it is a this is the microcosm that is in the macrocosm of reality and all achievement. One piece of advice, keep going. Don't stop for anyone. You just keep chipping away, chip away, chip away. And eventually, you'll have a friend in me. You got... 1970s. Speech recognition made several meaningful advancements in this decade. This was mostly due to the US Department of Defense and DARPA. What? What the hell? What's this? AWCC Installation Manager. What? Managing packages. There's an alien on my screen. Oh, Alienware CC. What? What are you doing that for now? You silly sausage. I'm in Windows. Where was I? Interrupting my recording. (sighs) This was mostly due to the US Department of Defense and DARPA. The Speech Understanding Research, or SUR, program they ran was one of the largest of its kind in the history of speech recognition. Well, I mean, up till then, it was only a couple of decades long, so there couldn't have been that many, but whatever. Carnegie Mellon's Harpy speech system came from this program and was capable of understanding over 1,000 words, which is about the same as a three-year-old's vocabulary. Oh, yeah. I'm about to have a three-year-old. and that's Yeah, that's about right, I'd say. Pretty smart little geezers. I mean, the other night, he was going in the middle of the night, Daddy, where's my milk, please? Can I have water too, please, Daddy? Oh, where's Mr. T-Rex? 
Mr. T-Rex, Daddy? Bless him. Love being a dad. It's great stuff. Really good fun. Also significant in the 70s was Bell Laboratories' introduction of a system that could interpret multiple voices. Helping schizos everywhere. 1980s. The 80s saw speech recognition vocabulary go from a few hundred words to several thousand words. One of the breakthroughs came from a statistical method known as the Hidden Markov Model. Instead of just using words and looking for sound patterns, the HMM estimated the probability of the unknown sounds actually being words. 1990s. Speech recognition was propelled forward in the 90s, in large part because of the personal computer. Faster processors made it possible for software like Dragon Dictate. Here go, more dragony, lizardy stuff serpent things going on. Dragon Dictate to become more widely used. Bell South introduced the Voice Portal, or VAL. Val, which was a dial-in interactive voice recognition system. This system gave birth to the myriad of phone tree systems that are still torturing humanity in existence today. <laughs> yes, thanks guys. Press 1 to get back to the original menu. Press 0 to just go kill yourself. 2000s. By the year 2001... Speech recognition technology had achieved close to 80% accuracy. For most of the decade, there weren't a lot of advancements until Google arrived with the launch of Google Voice Search. Because it was an app, this put speech recognition into the hands of millions of people. It was also significant because the processing power could be offloaded to its data centers. Not only that, Google was collecting data from billions of searches which could help it predict what a person is actually saying. At the time, Google's English voice search system included 230 billion words from user searches. 2010s in 2011, Apple launched Siri, which was similar to Google's voice search. The early part of this decade saw an explosion of other voice recognition apps. And with Amazon's Alexa, Google Home, we've seen consumers becoming more and more comfortable talking to machines. Today, some of the largest tech companies are competing to herald the speech accuracy title. In 2016, IBM achieved a word error rate of 6.9%. In 2017, Microsoft usurped IBM with a 5.9% claim. Shortly after that, IBM improved their rate to 5.5%. However, it is Google that is claiming the lowest rate at 4.9%. What is this? Some sort of efficacy test for an emergency medical procedure? My one comment with this, other than the last one that I just made, is that the other night I was entertaining folks in, in my home and I had the remote and we, there was we wanted to put music on for for the youtubes on the youtubes and i was trying to sing into selector into the microphone to get uh re -e wind when the crowd say bo selector and it 
it was just coming up with Into Selector and all these other stuff. So maybe they can work on the singing aspect because who wants to say the title of the song that they want to play? They want to sing it, right? They want to go, hey, man, give me that song that I want to sing, you know? Maybe not. Maybe I'm just, I'm, yeah, no. I have given a split second to think about that. Maybe that's just complete. That's rubbish. And I'm just a lunabin. But you all know that by now, let's face it. Otherwise, why would I be here chatting into a microphone and then spending an hour editing it? <laughs> oh, Knowledge Corner! Finally, the Knowledge Corner! ASR Overview. Speech recognition is an interdisciplinary subfield of computer science and computational linguistics that develops methodologies and technologies that enable the recognition and translation of spoken language into text by computers with the main benefit of searchability. It is also known as Automatic Speech Recognition, or ASR, Computer Speech Recognition, or Speech-to-Text, or STT. It incorporates knowledge and research in the computer science, linguistics, and computer engineering fields. The reverse process is speech synthesis. What is an automatic speech recognition system? Automated speech recognition, or ASR, is a technology that allows users of information systems to speak entries rather than punching in numbers on a keypad, stupid monkey! ASR is used primarily to provide information and to forward telephone calls. How does ASR technology work? You speak the software via an audio feed. The device you're speaking to creates a wave file of your words. Ah, oh, coffee time. Woo-woo. Farts and breath, it smells like in here. My, my lovely newly 32-year-old minted wife was saying. The wave file is cleaned by removing background noise and normalizing volume. The resulting filtered waveform is then broken down into what are called phonemes. Phonemes. Ooh, phonemes. <laughs> Making a note of that one as well. What is W-E-R? ASR performance is typically measured by word error rate, or W-E-R, which is determined by the formula word error rate equals open parentheses, substitutions, plus insertions, plus deletions, closed parentheses, divided by number of words spoken. What is the objective of the automatic speech ASR system? The goal of automated speech recognition, or simply ASR, is to transform a sequence of sound waves into a string of letters or words. This is what results in the transcript. Ah! Whoa! So I get a transcript, and then I ASR up the transcript back to you guys, which then gets turned back into a transcript by ASR. Whoa, man! We put the meta in meta. Or did we put the meta in meta? What is ASR and MLU? There are three core technologies that power Alexa. It's not just Alexa either. 
All voice assistants, such as Siri, Google Home, etc., use these important technologies. They are Automatic Speech Recognition, or ASR, Natural Language Understanding, or NLU, and Text to Speech, or TTS, TTS, TTS. <laughs> and that's it for this episode. Stay safe, and stay dangerous, generously jaunty genomes. Singularity is near. Yo. We sure hope not. Yo, back at you.